Be encouraged. Welcome to a podcast centered around being encouraged, being an encouragement to someone, and being encouraged, replacing fear with unwavering trust. I hope you are encouraged today by a message from Michelle Reynolds. No matter what phase you are in in life, you can be encouraged in Christ. Hi, you guys. So um, today our title is Set Apart, and we're going to be talking about what it means to be set apart for God and what that looks like for the life of a believer. And as I was reading and preparing for this lesson, I hesitated on sharing this message because it talks about sexual impurity or sexual immorality and um, homosexuality, among other sinful indulgences that we participate in. And I never want to come off as being judgmental or being a hypocrite in any way. And as I began to think about the things that I've done in my own life and people that I know that have done certain things or still live a certain way, um, I began to really pray and submit my thoughts and the enemy's thoughts to God and really ask him to help me see that I am not responsible for convicting hearts or I'm not responsible for how people respond to scripture. I can only be obedient in sharing the message that God gives to me. So that's exactly what I want to do today. So before we get started, I I just want to pray and I want to ask God to reveal to each one of us individually, his holy standards and why he has set us apart. And I also want to ask his help in, in delivering this message. So let's go ahead and get in prayer. Father God, thank you so much. Thank you for the life that you have given me, Father God. And thank you for the word that you put in my life to direct my path, Father God. Thank you for the wisdom that you give each and every one of us as we seek you. Lord, I pray that as we go into this message, you would help every ear to hear and every heart to listen and respond, Father God. I pray that your Holy Spirit will be at work not only in my life, but in the life of those who are listening to this message, Father God. I pray that you would just speak so clearly through me, Father God, that your people will hear you. Lord, I pray that anything that I may get wrong, you will make right, Father God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So our verses today are from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 20. And in these verses, Paul is seeking to help us understand the process of being set apart from the rest of the world. That is what it means to be sanctified or holy. We were designed to live set apart from the ways of the sinful world. You know, we are set apart for something greater. However, being sanctified or holy are words that we associate with God or even people that we put on a pedestal as being religious. Yet to be set apart is a life that all Christians are called to live. And we will learn that although we play a part in this sanctification, it is the work of God in our lives as we follow him that as Christians, we live a life growing in sanctification. You know, in in verses 9 through 10, Paul gives a list of sins that represent all the major types of ungodly behaviors that should never be characterized with the lives of those who identify with Christ. 
you know, those of us who practice sins or these habitual lifestyles of sin will not inherit the kingdom of God. So I wanted to read verses 9 through 10 from 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And it says, Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or are abusive or cheap people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. And I also wanted to flip over to Galatians chapter 5 verses 19 through 21 and it says when you follow the desires of your sinful nature the results are very clear sexual immorality impurity lustful pleasures idolatry sorcery hostility quarreling jealousy outburst of anger selfish ambition division envy drunkenness wild parties and other sins like these, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. After reading these verses is where I hesitated on sharing the scripture. I began to think of my own past sinful lifestyle. And again, the people who I know that still indulge in sin. And just clearly reading these verses is teaching us that those of us who persist or in sin remain in danger of eternal damnation. You know, I hesitated because, again, I don't want to be perceived as being judgmental or a hypocrite, but I can't believe, apply, or teach certain scriptures and not teach all scripture. You know, the life of God's people should be characterized by faithfulness and purity. So I'm going to go ahead and move on to verse 11 chapter 6 1st Corinthians chapter 6 and it says some of you were once like that but you were cleansed you were made holy you were made right by God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God for those of us who have gotten it those of us who have turned away from our sinful nature and called on the name of Jesus and were cleansed and forgiven and are progressing in our relationship with God, it is vital that we don't become judgmental of those who haven't called upon the name of Jesus Christ and repented of their sins. Because it says, some of you were once like that. You know, I confess that I was once like that. I indulged in more than one of the sins that are listed here in these verses. So it is not for me to look down on someone else or to judge someone who is still caught in that lifestyle of sin. It is my responsibility as a believer and an ambassador of Christ to share his truth and be obedient in letting those who are still caught in that sinful lifestyle understand and know that you are in danger of damnation. If you choose not to repent of your sins and submit those things to Christ, then you risk leaving this earth without your salvation being secure. You know, God has made Christians holy, not perfect, 
by the work of his Holy Spirit. God is doing this work. You know, the transforming in my life is a result of me calling on Jesus Christ's name, not me doing a work, but by me submitting my life to Christ. Therefore, we are called to live as holy people. God gives us everything we need to live a holy life in this world. And I wanted to read Second Peter chapter 1 verses 3 through 4 that teaches us that God has given us everything that we need. Again, it's Second Peter chapter 1 verses 3 through 4. And it says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. You know, as a result, our way of life is to be distinctly different from the unholy world around us. Every part of our lives should reflect the transforming work of the Holy Spirit because he's given that to us. We don't do anything to deserve that or earn that. He has given that to us and we reap the the reward or the promises of that. You know, the spirit of our God has set us apart for new behavior. And he's given us what we need in order for our lives to reflect that new behavior. Therefore, it is inappropriate for anyone who is united to Christ to violate the Christian body, which has become a sanctuary for the living God and therefore claimed by God himself. You know, once we decided to accept Christ and allow him to take up residence in our bodies and our hearts, we are no longer ourselves. We are no longer set aside for ourselves. We are set aside for God. So I want to go ahead and read. We're back in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and I want to read verses 12 through 17. And it says, you say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say, food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord, and the Lord cares for our bodies. And God will raise us from the dead by his power, just as he raised our Lord from the dead. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is a part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her. For the scripture says the two are united into one. But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So to kind of sum this up, the the Corinthian believers who Paul was writing this letter to thought that they were free to sin with no impact on their spiritual lives. You know, the belief that what we do physically has no effect on our spiritual lives came from a heresy called Gnosticism. And one aspect of this heresy was the idea that the only thing that mattered was the spiritual 
um, our bodies were not important. But Paul is clearly speaking against this idea. He is teaching that our physical bodies belong just as much to Christ as our spirits do. For believers, the question should never come down to whether something is lawful or right, but whether or not it is beneficial. Everything about our lives, God is not a legalistic God, but it we should be mindful of the things that glorify God. Is it beneficial to the building up of God's kingdom, or is it just for our selfish pleasure? You know, God designed the bodies of believers for much more than the biological function. The human body has a purpose that's higher than our selfish gratification. You know, the body is for the Lord and the Lord for the body. This means that believers belong to God and their behavior should reflect it. You know, believers should not use their bodies for dishonorable purposes, rather for God's glory. So here, when it talks about in verse 15, don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is a part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one with her? For the scripture says the two are united into one, but the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So this idea goes back into Genesis. And I think as a world, the world has perverted sex and people fail to realize that God created sex in the sanctity of marriage. God created sex for pleasure within the realm of marriage, not outside of marriage. And I think that the world, again, has perverted the idea of sex that we fail to apply biblical principles to how we live our life. You know, and we we talk about sex here because sex is one of those sins that is amplified when you do every other sin. You know, sex is a sin that is within our bodies that all of us crave and desire, but Again, we we look at the world's teaching of sex and we get off track from the biblical perspective of sex. You know, that when you have sex with someone, you are going into a covenant with that person. You are being joined to that person. And we should never, we should never misuse our bodies or go in covenant with someone that does not glorify God. Let's go ahead and read verses 18 through 20. And it says, run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price. You must honor God with your body. In submitting to Christ, we submit our body and spirit. We are set apart or sanctified in Christ and our bodies are no longer to be used as vessels for sin. Instead, our bodies are to be vessels to glorify God. I always want to give us questions to think on and kind of really seek God wisdom and understanding on. And one of those questions is, does your life reflect a daily progression and transforming work of the Holy Spirit? As a believer who has confessed in your heart 
not just in your head or not just because others around you have done it, but you have truly accepted Christ into your heart. Does your life reflect that daily progression? Does your life reflect the transforming work of the Holy Spirit? You know, do you glorify God with your being? Without someone having to ask you, are you a Christian? Can they tell by the way you live your life that you are identified with Christ? You know, if you are living a life indulging in sin, you know, and you haven't submitted your your life to Christ or you haven't accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I suggest that you do, you know, allow him to begin a work in you now. And I want to make this clear. The goal is not to be sinless, but to sin less. Only Christ was sinless. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can sin less and glorify God with our being. You know, so for, for every person that listens to this message, you are either a believer or you are not. If you are a believer, your life should reflect that you are set apart by God. Your being should glorify God. No one should have to question whether or not you are a Christ follower because once you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you were set apart as holy. Your life should reflect that. For those of you who are not a believer, if you are living a habitual life, indulging in sin, you risk damnation. You are in danger of spending eternity away from the presence of God. And I suggest that you really sit back and do a heart check. Seek God's wisdom on the path that you should take or the things that you should submit to his authority, to his will and purpose, and allow the Holy Spirit to transform your life. So that's all I have for us today. I really just want us to think about that. Believers, analyze, do a self-examine on whether or not your life glorifies God. My non-believers, examine your heart and see if you accepted Christ in word or because people around you think that you're a Christian, but you haven't truly given your heart over to God or if you've never even thought about giving your heart to God. Do a heart check. Do a self-examine. Allow the Holy Spirit to convict you. Allow that stirring that's in your spirit to move you into action. And that action should be submitting to Christ. So I'm going to go ahead and close us in prayer. Father God, thank you. I pray that your people heard exactly what it is that they needed to hear from you, Father God. I pray that they will be forever changed in a positive way, Father God. They will be forever moved forward in their growth and understanding of you, Father God. I pray that your Holy Spirit would do what you have set out for it to do, Father God. I pray that you will continue to work through me and in me. Lord, I just pray that your your people have heard what it is that you have for them to hear today, Father God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, y'all. I'll talk to y'all on Wednesday. I love you and God loves you too. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you today. Please share and come back next week for another episode of Be Encouraged.